Good evening, everybody. We are here, April the 23rd, the year of the Lord, 2022. And we are for our Q&A, session 116. Welcome to everybody. I have to learn to look at the camera. I always look at the screen. Then realize the screen is not looking at me. The camera is looking at me. So, but God bless you for everyone who sent the questions. A lot of troubling questions. I know you're going through troubled times, but joy will come in the morning. He will break through. He will come for his bride. So hang in there. So this evening, before we go into the questions, we'll look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Help us to be a voice that brings comfort and strength to your children. Yes, Lord. Those are hurting so many different situations in their homes, in their marriages, in the persecuted underground churches, at different levels, Lord, whether you live in a free nation or a nation where faith is restricted, they go through their trials, testing, and I pray, Lord, we will be able to encourage them through your word, Mm. through your spirit. Comfort, strengthen, Lord. We come at this time into thy hands. Be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, Pastor, we'll start with the last question first. Question number 14. <clears throat> it says, uh, when you look around and see all the ugly stuff happening, how do you still keep your faith and not give up? You cannot give up. Because he said that in Matthew 24 the whole list of things that is happening. And if you come towards 12 and 13, if I'm right, 12 and 13, you you know. And because lawlessness will abound and love of many will grow cold. And in another place, Paul will say that people will not even have what is called natural affection. There's something that is natural affection, which is even the fallen man has it, Mm. natural kindness when you see somebody all that will go away in the last days. It will be absolutely on. In so many ways, it will be so demonic. That's what the Bible is talking about. It will be like the days of Noah. It will be the demonic and the human infiltration. And you could stand and preach for 120 years and nobody is even bothered. The hearts are hardened. But God in his long suffering gives people time. But only at the end, the eight people who built it only got it. So when we see here, the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. So in two ways, one, till he comes, two, till you die. That even the last breath, last words you utter should be that of faith, like Stephen died. I mean, at the end of the day, death in its in its simplicity is the same, whether you die peacefully in your sleep or whether you die painfully under persecution like he was stoned to death and after him millions have died painfully. So the fact is that he hung in there till the end. He did not quit. If you turn back to the question, you know, turn back to the question, how do you still keep your faith and not give up? You cannot give up. Because when you when you talk about giving up, uh, there are two meanings to it. One, you just want to die. That's a way of giving up. 
you can't commit suicide, but you just want to die, you give up. Or two, you give up on your faith. Number two is not an option at all. Mm. Number one, if you give up, you could die. You could die. You know, that's why we have that psalmist saying, I shall not die. I've been pushed violently, but God has not given me over to death. In those situations, we have to look at the sovereignty of God. Okay, sovereignty of God. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, 35 onwards. Okay, 35. I think that's where the, the turn takes. Women received a dead race to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Okay, some got it. Some escaped the sword. Some were cut into pieces by the sword. Both are faith. One through faith they escaped. Other through faith they died. Both sides of faith we have to accept. Accept. There is a prophecy. Now, I don't know how genuine it is, but the person looks pretty genuine. And that person actually says, in the last days, the church will shrink dramatically because God will give power to the enemy to slaughter his people. He says the underground church will shrink dramatically. They will be slaughtered. Now, I don't know how true it is, but the fact of it is that in the book of Revelation, God does say that those who go into captivity will go into captivity. Those who die by the sword will go into cease. He says the patience of the, the saints. saints. And Avi, I think, uses yes. the word yes. patience. You know? So that is in chapter 13 mm-hmm. of Revelation. And verse 8, or verse 9 on, 8 onwards, yeah. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life are belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. So this is the coming of the beast. The beast, when he comes, before he comes, I also believe it's the, 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 the atmosphere is set. At Morris said, there will be this fear induced into humanity. Obey, bend, bow, or burn. And verse 9 onwards says, he who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. This is the sovereign will of God. Freedom. Because this, this happens to people who have surrendered their lives to Christ. So he says, Lord, if I'm free, I'm free. If I go into captivity, I go into captivity. And if it's God's plan for them is to go into captivity, he will go into captivity. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword, he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. You'll be taken captive. You'll be taken captive. Like it happened for Israel. We hear the story of Daniel, but that's just four. The others did not rise up. It doesn't automatically happen. We look at the Daniel and say, okay, wow, if I go into captivity, I will rise to the top. No, it didn't happen for millions and millions. Women were treated, kept as slaves, raped all their life. They lived like that and they died, but they did not give up. There were many who did not give up. Men were used as slaves, chains to work, but they did not. And out of that came the songs of the martyrs. They did not. So we have to accept this reality. You cannot look at one picture alone. Because all this affliction are primarily on this body. 
That's why we're getting a new body. But the issue happens when it starts seeping into your soul. Mm -hmm. That is a real person. One day we will leave this body. So we have, that's where faith comes in. That's why Jude will say in Jude 1.20, this is the thing. How do you overcome Jude? Jude is the final book before the book of Revelation. But you, beloved, building yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, you have to build yourself in the faith. If you have to say a thousand times a day, Lord, I will not deny you, give me the strength. I will not come what may. I will, like you tell him, I love you, Lord. You have to say this also, Lord. When that hour comes, I will not deny you. And I am promising and I am confessing and I am believing, not just for prosperity and house and cars. You need to end up much of the real church in the world, underground church. That's their confession. I will not. I will not. I will not. I will not. Some of them during the torment and the torture in shock, they die or they are killed, they are slaughtered. But this is it. You cannot quit. You cannot quit in this because all the, the, the physical part pain I accept. But uh, you have to think through these things. That's what we saw in the morning. You have to count the cost. You have to count the cost. Let me ask you. Now, I'm. I, I'm not. I am not in no way. Believe me, when I say that, in any way, lessening what you go through. People who go through persecution, and you know me. Let us say they beat you up and broke every bone. Now, you could be in a car crash and have every bone broken. So at that level, the pain is the same. The pain is the same. One was your mistake or somebody else's mistake while you were driving. The other was for a cause. Other was a cause. So you have to look at it. The other one was for a cause. Let us look at what? The ones who went through it and died for the cause says turn with me to first uh, peter chapter 4 and verse 12 beloved do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you but rejoice to the extent that you partake of christ's sufferings so now when you get your bones broken in a car accident. It's not Christ's suffering. It's your your mistake or the other driver's mistake. Okay? Mm -hmm. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceedingly joy. This is what Paul says. I bear on my body the marks of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay? Marks of Christ. In some places, they are not beaten up physically because of the law and order, but they are harassed mentally day and night. So they bear scars on their soul. Scars on their soul, harassed, condemned, mocked. You know, the pressure is too much. But they are not beaten up because the law will not allow you to do that. But that does not mean there are in other forms of torture, mental torture. Is there constantly, okay? Mm -hmm. So you go to verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Mm. That's how, this is, like I said, to resist anything or to overcome anything, first you need a mindset. This has to be your mindset. Okay. If I am, that's how Paul says, he says, on my body, you know what I'm marking? It's the marks of Christ. If he on his body bore my marks, why can't I on my body bear his marks? His marks brought me salvation. 
my marks doesn't bring salvation let me at least glorify him with my body mm. that's what he's saying about I, we bearing his marks does not add to anybody's salvation encouragement yes perseverance yes conviction yes salvation is what mm. okay and at the end of the day we need to realize you know we all deserve mm. <laughs> we all deserve uh, not the beating we get but we all deserve the wages of sin is death and compared to the lake of fire what is the persecution we can go on earth it's nothing it's absolutely nothing it is absolutely nothing uh, are some of the questions of the same tone yes, yes same tone okay so because some of the questions are on the same tone let us look at it okay and then but on your part he is glorified come on verse 15 on the other hand let no none of you suffer as a murderer a thief an evil doer or as a busybody in other people's matters <laughs> yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed let him glorify god in this matter okay mm. now i am telling the our sisters in the faith in the past weeks and this because it's a demonic week till may 1st it goes on you have been humiliated you have been raped you have been traumatized repeatedly i want you to see it differently i want to see that don't be ashamed don't be ashamed don't be ashamed just glorify god through it all the ones who saw the little ones being killed or being and all these things happen it it's demonic plus during this season of fasting there are one set of terrorists who go crazy and they believe that the more they kill the more they so anybody who slept the faith they slaughter them it doesn't come in the news nothing is re- reported how many murders took place in hyderabad do we know we don't know we don't even know okay so these things happen even everywhere so we are talking about what happens is do not on the other hand verse 16 do not be ashamed okay so god will allow us to be tested look at what god tells in the book of revelation jesus tells you go to chapter uh 2 if i'm right of the book of revelation and uh, words 10 Let it just smell now. Or let's read from words eight, because it's interestingly addressed. Okay, to them, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? These are the things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Why does he say like that? He says, you know what? I know what you're going through, but I want to know that the one who's speaking to you is somebody who went through it. So don't tell me I don't understand. I understand you very well. I went through it. I went up to the cross, died on the cross and came back. I know your works. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. But you are rich. Mm. And I know the blasphemy of those who say that the Jews are not but are a synagogue. But who are who is persecuting you? Absolutely. The ones you persecuting you are Satan, Lucifer, Baphomet servants. They may call themselves by whatever other name. They are Satan servants and they are coming after you. In verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. The actual infliction of pain or trauma, whatever it is, don't fear those things. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. He says, the devil is throwing. Okay. That you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. 10 days is just a number. It could be 10 years, 100 years. We do not know. 
But he says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. To this church, there's no promise of rescue. No promise of rescue. Okay. So he talks about the ultimate form of every tribulation, torment is death. Not rape, death. And everything else comes before it. So he says, you will have to be faithful unto death. But only thing, be very sure, you're dying for the right cause, not for an ideology, not for a nation or any of those. The nation will put a martyr's column, put your name over there, that's all. And then they forget you, the family gets con- compensation. But that's all okay, that's all great, that's good. That's God patriotic favor, fervor and all that. But this is something much, much, much bigger, much, much bigger. And God says, you know what, prepare for it. On the other side, that doesn't mean you don't pray you don't spiritually fight it. If you are not destined to die, you're not destined to die, you have to fight it. Mm. Even if you're destined to die, you are supposed to not fight your people, but fight the powers of darkness that when that hour comes, I should try, die not like a coward, that I should witness, I should testify. We have heard it so many times. The way Stephen died I think, is the beginning of Saul's salvation. It pricks his conscience. He sees somebody die, and he has seen never anybody die like that. The way Jesus died, a thief got saved, and a centurion got converted. The way he died. So it's not, we will all die. What matters is, how do we die? How do, If you are in a normal kind of situation, not persecution and all, when they see your serenity and peace and walk with God and go peacefully, that's a testimony. Mm. If you are in a persecuted nation when you are beaten and traumatized and killed, the way you die, you're an older person in the faith, forgiving your enemies, that is a testimony. testimony. Or you die without recanting, says, I will not, I love him too much, I would rather die and deny him. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. So we have to Accept these facts. Okay. That doesn't mean we do not fight. We fight spiritually. We war against powers of darkness. Day and night we fight. We don't fight fight men. We fight what Jesus is talking about. Satan. Hmm. We fight him. We don't mollycoddle him. We fight him. And God may rescue you. God not may rescue. That is like when we join the Lord's army. When you join the army in the world, that's when you sign your paper. You did not tell the army, I will fight only if you guarantee me I will not die in battle. (laughs) There was no such guarantee. So there was no such guarantee when you came to the kingdom also. But look at what Jesus says. I think it is in Matthew 10. Yes. If you go to Matthew 10. Okay. Verse 21 onwards. Now, brother will deliver a brother to death. Okay, betrayers always come from within. A father, his child. It is Judas who from inside betrayed Jesus. A father, his child. Think about it. What more painful. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. Okay, you can't have much, much, nothing bigger than that. Mm. And religious favor, ideological favor comes in. They will all, this crazy stuff people do, demonic stuff people do. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. But again, he says the same thing. 
he who endures to the end will be saved. So we cannot say we were not warned. We can only say we were not prepared. Mm. We were warned. We were warned. This teacher keeps on saying, May the first is your final exam. May the first is your final exam. And May first when exam comes, you're saying, I was not prepared. That's your problem. But Jesus said, what I tell you, I tell everyone, wash and pray. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's where we need to put to death the flesh and be watchful and prayerful continuously. You have to, it's all got to do with the mindset. Mm. It has all got to do with the mindset. That's why the Bible says, Love is stronger than death. Old Testament, yes, love is strong as death. The new covenant, love is stronger than death. Because you have, the simple thing is that how do you, it's just not faith. It's more than that. You overcome by faith, yes, but it's more than that. You have to ask and receive from God that love, to love God more than life itself. Mm. That is what it means in Revelation 20, 11 and 12, 11. Actually, it means that. When we say overcame the devil, it does not mean they overcame living. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. What does it mean? We always think it. it's okay. Oh boy, they came victorious. No, they choose to die. Then recant. Mm. That is also the other side of the coin. They did not love their lives because they loved him more. Mm. So if you have to be given a choice, save your life, and deny Christ, or re- re- refuse to deny and die, just in life. There's no question of denying Christ. So these things, and you know what happened? The devil has, uh, devil has, uh, devil has lost. Uh, uh, it's in the same chapter. No, Jesus says, "Do not fear him who can." Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, Matthew chapter ten. Yeah, Matthew chapter ten. This verse. Yeah, verse twenty-eight. Yes. Ten twenty-eight. Look at what Jesus says. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In hell. And look at the comforting words after that, verse 29 and 30. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Meaning God says, when these things are happening, do you think God doesn't know? He says, he knows. He knows. He's watching. The day of judgment is not set. Because if he, if he has to intervene, he has to intervene in all cases. When he intervenes in all cases, judgment has set. Do not fear. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And look at verse 11. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You know what he says? He says, you will lose nothing. Hang in there till the end. Because when you flip over to the other side, if you die, flip over to the other side. And when the trumpet call comes, when you receive the new body, there will not be a mark of what you went through. Earth. Instead, you receive such a glorious body because of what you went through and your soul will have no trace of trauma. Absolutely nothing. No trace of trauma. So you have to look at life that way. We are not condoning anything wicked men and the demonic men do. We are not. But we are talking to the church. Hang in there. Pray your way through. Let the spirit is willing. Keep praying in tongues. Keep praying in the spirit so that you get stronger and stronger. The Bible says, he who prays in tongues edifies himself. Be strong. Either the devil will flee 
or when the devil comes and overpowers you, you still stand there strong. That's the way you fight it. You don't buckle. Also, yes, Pastor. This is, uh, again, I think on the same lines, this is question number 12. Uh, this is not, person is not giving up, but uh, something else he's saying. Mm. I don't uh, give in to despair. I do not let the enemy trick me, but I'm tired of the wickedness in the world. Stealing my money and fighting this good fight. I'm the one that prays daily. Maranatha, come Lord. I never pray, wait, Lord, delay your coming. Need to overcome this fatigue and exhaustion and anger towards the wicked ones. Okay. Now, Paul also says we all need to pray, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Now, you need to realize when we pray, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, we have to be very careful about it because we cannot say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, because I am going through so much pain. Then it becomes escapism if God has something for me to finish. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 1, if I'm right. Yes. Okay. The things that have happened may happen to the further furtherance of the no, gospel. No, this one, okay. This is here. A despair for life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 29, uh, uh, 19 onwards. Yes, yes. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. For I know this will turn out my deliverance through your prayer and the supplies. He's talking about he's in chains. Okay. Supply of the spirit. Now go further down. Okay. According to my earnest expectation, hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Come further. But if I live, live on, on the, in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. Mm. Yeah. For I am hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. For whom? For him. For him. But nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Okay. okay. Everybody, if they were to see one glimpse of heaven, will want to go now. Nobody will want to be here. Everybody will want to go now. But the question is, is that what God wants for you? <laughs> Lord, is that what? I mean, who doesn't want to go to heaven? Mm. No. I mean, if you have, if you look at the thousand rain earth of Jesus on earth itself, you want that to come tomorrow. But then God has his plans worked out. Because the whole thing is that, it tells us even during the time of Noah, Okay, he saw the new earth that was coming, but he delayed it by 120 years. Why? So that people would get saved and come in. Because once judgment is set, it's over, it's over, it's finished. Everybody goes, all those who have not known Christ goes into the lake of fire, it's finished. So because of that, that's where we have to look. Yes, if you go back to the question, we are tired. We get tired by the wickedness, okay. But we pray, yes, Lord, come. Why? Because when you come, my trouble finish, no, the evil ceases. The evil ceases. How is, how is, how does, how does the evil, how does all this evil end? It will only end when Christ comes. Until then, it's not going to end. It is not going to end. Now, if you go to Matthew 24 and verse 15, if I'm right. Okay, Matthew 24, verse 15. Ah, uh, not 15. Let's go to 13. 12, 13. 
to the end. Yeah, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Okay, the end will come in, Jesus will come. So, what is that I can do to make the end come? Other than prayer. I have to put every fiber of my being, my time, my energy, my resources into see the rock gospel riches as a witness to the ends of the world. That is what I can do mm. when I am living. Mm. And if that is what you are doing, you can be at rest. Mm. Other than pray, that is the spiritual part. There's a practical thing which I can do. And God says, I got, you got, you got the message. It's something which I can do. What is that? I have to see that the end comes and now, of all the signs that has been given, one specific sign is this. This is the most specific sign. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So one thing is left. The gospel has to be preached as a witness to all the nations. What can I do for that? How do I become a part of it? If you don't see it that way, even the worship team or Sammy and Dr. Richard and Roshan all, you have to see that's what I'm doing. See that. Don't just sit behind something without understanding what actually you are doing. What am I doing? I'm part of this long supply chain. We call it supply chain. You have a supply chain crisis because of Ukraine and China. But we are part of a supply chain that has been going on for 2,000 years. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And we are part of the supply chain. And you have to find your slot in that. What is I am called to do? Am I called to pray? Primarily pray and rest. Then that is what I am devoting my life to prayer. Am I called to preach? And I am devoting my life to studying and preaching the word of God. And I'm, am, I, am I called to supply? Then I am. Am I called to worship? Then I will be the best I can be. So that when I stand before a microphone and God gives me a platform, I will pray and I will believe the anointing will set captives free. Everywhere you have to see what? You are part of the supply chain to be a witness of this kingdom to the ends of the earth. Mm. Why? Once it is done, he will come. Yes. Not despair, not quitting, not giving up, yes. not giving up. No, we don't give up. We fight. But you have to find your slot. What am I supposed to do? Where do I? And be like Noah is doing everything else his generation is doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Except the wickedness. But he's building an ark. And when we do these things, we are building an ark. We are also building. This ark is the church, the invisible body of Christ. It is being built in that people are getting it and they are safe. Mm. When judgment comes, not tribulation, when the fire of God falls, you will come through it untouched because you got people. So that's how it works. That's how the gospel works. And if everybody in the kingdom of God, honestly, everybody who is saved, understand this primary factor. One, I am a witness. Two, the gospel should be preached as a witness. Two things. I am a witness. Second, the gospel has to be preached as a witness. The end will come. It will come. Therefore, wherever I am, Lord, help me to be a witness of your life. Yeah. Two, find, help me to find my slot in the body of Christ and so that the gospel will be a witness. The end has come. Evil is over. Millennium reign has begun. Or the church comes through the tribulation, whatever it is, the church comes, emerges victorious. And it's over. It's finished. It is done. 6,000 years cry of mankind is over. Serenity has come. Mm. 
and the kingdom has literally become materialized into the physical. That's that's how it comes. So we don't give in to despair. So when we pray, Maranatha, Lord, come Jesus, that is a prayer. But the question is, how does he come? How does he come? How do I make him? Because the Bible says in Peter, look at that. Again, go over there. Okay. First Peter, uh, Second Peter. Chapter 3. Yeah. And verse 11. Right. Let's read from 10. So we know when he comes, what happens. That the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Now look at verse 11. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Okay, right. So there is a personal witness. This is the personal witness. Holy conduct and godliness. Then, Looking for and hastening. How do I hasten the coming of the Lord? By seeing that I'm part of the supply chain that reaches the gospel as a witness to the ends of the world. And then the end will come. Hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved. So there is a two part. One is my witness. You shall be my witnesses. In him was life. That life was the light of men. In my basic locality, basic lock like let us say in the night power goes like you will always see power goes when power goes our uh, street our lights shine why because we have an inverter so when our gate light is shining what does the people know they know they have an inverter they have it another internal source of keeping that light on for some time that light becomes a witness of an inverter that is there in the same way in him was life and that life was the light of men so when his life comes in and we allow by faith that life to grow, that life becomes a witness. To those who are being saved, smells good. To those who are not being saved, it smells of death. So they will hate you without cause. But that's okay. That becomes your witness. Even that hatred becomes a witness that the kingdom of God and the synagogue of Satan are separated. You don't hate them. They hate you. Why do they hate you? Because of your witness. Then there is the second one, the hastening. How do you hasten his coming? By the gospel going to the ends of the earth. And the gospel goes in so many different ways. And we all play, have to play a part in it. And one common thing everybody can do is that you can pray. And you have to teach even the children to pray that prayer. Lord, let the gospel go to the ends of the earth. Children, we have to teach them to pray. Because the children cannot give anything. Basically, what do they contribute? Okay, I mean, children can, but primarily they can contribute in prayer. So that's how it works. These are real things, and you have to keep your eyes. That's why the Bible says, let's go to Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Okay. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking at meaning, he's our pattern. Look unto him. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. So he endured the cross, the pain of the cross and the shame of the cross because he saw the joy that was set before him. We also have seen the joy that is set before us, the coming kingdom of Christ. Forever and ever his people shall dwell with him. The Father will be there 
and it is absolutely seamless. No pain, no grief, joy forevermore. Mm. We also have it, a joy. That joy was purchased by him. Okay, so we see that joy, look at him as a pattern, we endure the pain of the cross and the shame of the cross, both. We endure it. And the persecuted churches, they have to endure it. The pain and the shame. You have to endure it. On the non-persecuted churches, you have to endure the trauma that you have to face. If you stand up as a witness, genuine witness, you will be humiliated, you will be mocked, you will be scoffed in your offices, wherever, isolated, or all kind of different kinds of things. They know how to do it, different kinds of this. You don't react. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Different ways it will, as your testimony, witness increases. As Jesus' light increased, the persecution increased. Your persecution will be only in proportion to your light. Where there is no light, there is no persecution. Mm. Because the devil does not have to persecute. So if a church is persecuted, it is because the church is the light. And darkness hates it. Darkness hates it. So we have to realize, and we have to be prepared for it. We have to prepare for it. Because, like David said, is there not a cause? Mm. Is there not a cause? The cause is bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And the cause is the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about the other things. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's, there's some uh, details in this question. Mm. It's talking about um, stealing money and... Yeah, but that's that's going to happen. I mean, once you, you went... all Old days, they robbed houses. They broke in and robbed houses. Now it is all online. They steal left, right, center. They'll steal. They steal. It's a constant thing that's happening. They steal your money. They they can they can take everything out and clean your records out. In India, convent banks, it's still safer because you have your passbook and you can keep on updating. But other places, there's nothing like that. They can change your entire, wipe your entire records out and create a new statement there because it's all online. Like we say, what happens if you give the keys of your house to the thief? What if the banker is a thief? The guy who is in control of cyber security is the thief. What happens? He can wipe you out. And they do it. And it is demonic. It's not even normal. It is demonic. There are demonic people sitting here and wiping off people's money. Okay, And the process of recovering, it takes time. But like now you look at the world, it's practically lawless. Practically, they don't care. I mean, the Supreme Court orders, the order comes, says, cease the demolition, and they stop it three hours later. So we haven't got the order. And a few MPs, MLAs had to come there from the opposition party with the written order and stop them. And they refused to stop. I mean, how higher can you go in this country? It's the Supreme Court. I'm talking about any country. Any country. Any country. You see, the courts can bring an order, but the implementation, implement, implementation is the hands of men. And what if the men are crooked and wicked? The, the court's justice system does not have an army. They don't have, have an army. Okay. But what if the justice system itself is crooked? Like in the, the uh, many. Crooked. There are crooked judges, crooked lawyers, crooked everything. Then what happens? What do you do? 
The only thing you can do is that, Lord. Okay. At the end of the day, I will say, at the end of the day, it's just money. Yes, it's your hard-earned money. But look at all those things. Yes, your hard-earned money. But at the end of the day, it's just money. Naked I came. Naked I go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because Job was literally robbed of all his wealth in one day. One day. Now we look at Job and say, See, if I hang in there, God will return mm-hmm. in sevenfold. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with it? On the other hand, on the other side, you may get sevenfold. That is eternal. See, anything that you get over here, it does not matter. Even if it is health, it is temporary. Mm. Wealth is temporary. Everything. Because this is a body of corruption. Of corruption. Okay. But, yeah. Also, uh, uh, one question is, so one, once, the, let's say, uh, in, 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 as, in the aspect of money, mm. Uh, when God allows uh, your money to be stolen, mm-hmm. what does it? What? How do? I, how does it? Uh, uh, how? How do I, as a believer, respond to it? Meaning, no, you still have to fight the system mm-hmm. through the appropriate channels of mm-hmm. system. Yeah, yeah. But the other part is what is sad: in persecuted churches, they have no avenues of justice. Mm-hmm. No, they have nowhere they can appeal. There is no because Jesus said. There will be, uh, forgot that passage where he said, uh, kill you will, yeah, they will think they're doing a God. That's what happens when they kill you. So there's no recourse to, to the, to your, to justice there. But in, in uh, other places, there's still recourse to justice. Maybe you'll have to fight it a long way. So where there is a recourse to justice, you have to do it. Right? Paul was put down in a basket and he escaped. But in Philippi, he was beaten and thrown into the prison. It was a mob. There's nothing you cannot do anything. It was shouted, this thing, and thrown in. But the next day when they came to release him, he said, you know what? A I'm a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. And the place he says, I appeal to Caesar. Mm-hmm. I appeal to Caesar. Okay, that's your civil rights. So if you live in a system where there is still a semblance of civil rights being honored, justice system, in some ways that work, you use recourse to justice. Okay, you pursue that. But where you cannot accept that is the will of God, I will fight it the other realm. I will fight it spiritually. I will pray my way through. But one thing I have decided, there is no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, I will not deny him. I will not deny him. Okay. Now let me tell you too. It's not a word of comfort. It's not a word of comfort. I'm telling you the other side of the story. Now we hear and we feel terrible when we hear about young girls, women being raped as a part of, it's a part of terror. It's a part of terror. Even in war, like in the Ukraine war, you see the women raped and killed. It's a part of and in Nigeria, all these face terrorists, you know what? That's a what. It's it is to instill terror in the in the people. Now we look at that one side, okay, but we don't see the other side of the picture. The boys are sodomized. They are. Young men and boys are sodomized. Children are. And it's not reported. Because you cannot talk against homosexuality. Boy, it's the truth. You cannot. If you actually read accounts, 
search and read accounts from the years of hundreds of years, you will realize they were solemnized, never reported. They talk about the rape, but more than the rape, often what happened was because many of the wicked, wicked ones are sodomites. Are sodomites. I'm telling you, they are sodomites. And if you read through the Bible too, you will see it is there. You live in lots, lots, uh, mm-hmm. you look at, you actually look at it. These are all signs, the yeah. days of Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now there are three young girls, two young girls there. Yeah. They are wonder girls. Yeah. They want to sodomize. They don't want the girls. Mm-hmm. They want the men. They said two young, good-looking men came in there. We want them. Mm-hmm. See, that is the unreported part. The unreported part. And then there is a rip. And both are equally painful. Mm-hmm. Traumatic. Equally traumatic. But we need to understand. Call a spade a spade. Because in the last days, when the demonic takes over, neither your girl child nor your boy child is safe. Because it's going to be violent. Violent it will be. That is, that's when you know judgment is knocking at the door. Because if you look at it, when you know a generation, has, it's, it's gone Genesis beyond Genesis chapter 8, no, Genesis 19. The blindness. That's the blindness of those men. Okay. If you come to 19 and words. Yep. Yes, That's the you point. look at it, okay. Okay, look at what is happening. Look at verse 5 onwards. Or verse 4 onwards. Can I have it in NIV? <laughs> because it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> it's, brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. Okay. This is 19, yeah. This so is 19, five onwards. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. Do you see that? Meaning, by the time they finished, these two men would have died. If they were not angels. And many have died. That is why God says, I have come to check the city. The outcry has reached heaven. Hmm. They are killing every alien that comes in. They are raping them and killing them. Sodomizing and killing them. Two men. And every man, young and old, is there. They call to Lord, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lord went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, Friends. don't do this wicked thing. Hmm. Look at them. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But do not do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of me. He is such a compromised man. He doesn't know what to do. But look at what he's saying. Look, listen to what they are saying. Get out of our way, they replied. They said, this fellow came here as an alien. Now he wants to play the judge. We will treat you worse than them. You know what they are threatening him with? We will will rape you too. Back out of the way. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. Verse 10. But the men inside reached out, pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Now look at what's happening. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. They're wow. still looking for the door. They're groping. They're taken over by the taken over. Over. That's what you're talking about. That's what's happening. It's mm-hmm. demonic. What's happening around the world, which you reports, which you, it's not normal. It's demonic. 
No, no, it's not human. That that is the last days. A human natural affection and pity and sympathy will also go. It's absolutely demonic. Head to toe. It's from the leader sitting in the top down. They talk with one mouth, but their hearts and minds are so evil mm. and so wicked and it is demonic. And when that happens, you need to realize judgment is at the door. Judgment is at the door. It's getting closer and closer because God will say, enough. That's it. Time up. And he will shut the door. Judgment will pour out. So that's how we have to see both men and women, boys and girls, it will become absolutely, absolutely wicked. And when Jesus said the days of Noah and the days of Lot, he's putting all this together, the demonic and the human, the perversion, the violence, the murder, the killing, the rape, the assault. This will, will increase. It will come to that point where God says, endure. It's, it's, it's strange. Some God will escape, allow them to escape. Some he will not. Some he will not. You know, and it's a sovereign will of God. And when we surrendered our bodies as a living sacrifice, you see, holy and acceptable to God. When you have accept, uh, surrendered your body as holy and acceptable to God, rape doesn't defile you. Oh. It cannot defile you. We're still holy, still acceptable to God. It cannot defile you. Cannot defile you. That's the truth. You have to believe it. It cannot defile you. Because whatever is put on the altar is holy. What made it holy? The altar made it holy. Made it holy. So all those who have going through this, let me tell you, what you go through cannot defile you. You are still holy and still acceptable unto the Lord. Because when you put your body, your soul on the altar, that's what God says. It's holy. Mm. It's pure. You need all these things. If you don't have all these things, when you go through these things around the world, in the underground churches, the persecuted churches, the church has been going on this for 2,000 years. This is nothing new. This has been happening for 2,000 years. It has been happening. Whether you are a Christian or not, it's been happening for 2,000 years. But when it happens for the sake of Christ, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. You have heard this term of mercenaries, right? Yes. There are mercenaries everywhere. Why do mercenaries join? What is what is what are they given? Two things: money and rape. That's the way they go. The mercenaries for centuries. That's what mercenaries are for. The women and the money. You can take them. Okay, so we need to realize this has been going on. But the, here the issue is that this has been normal with mankind, the evil and the wickedness of mankind. But here we have a cause. You had an opportunity to escape. What is that? A recap. Women, but they refused because they were looking for a better resurrection. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11.35. They had an opportunity. They had an opportunity. They could have if they wanted. Okay? So, women received the dead raised. Others were tortured. Why were they tortured? Not accepting deliverance. Not accepting deliverance. You become this, we will let you go. You come here, we will let you go. They said, no. 
that means giving up Christ. Okay, and look, the principle behind it, even where the forefathers, the patriarchs, the fathers went, they were not tormented or anything, but look at the, the attitude is the same. Okay? Look at verse 13, Hebrews 11, verse 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Look at this. For those who say such things, declare plainly they seek a homeland. Now look at verse 15. This is a principle. Okay? They could have had deliverance, but they refused. If truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would would have had the opportunity to return. They wanted, they could have gone back. And all this wandering and struggle and trials and is over. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not. God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is a principle. Yes, like Just Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, Abraham set the principle for subsequent generations. If he wanted, he could have won that. To the hour of the Chaldeans. While love intense for 100 years in this land. Moving, 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 moving. What is the point? No child also. What is the point? He could have won back to the hour of the Chaldeans, but he refused. And God was not ashamed to be called their God, and God was preparing. So this is the fundamental premise on which build everything else. If the choice that is given, deliverance comes at this price, this is the price of deliverance, deny Christ, then you say, no, that is not there. That is not there. That is, that is where the line is drawn. Because he said, if you deny me, I will deny you. Okay. Because he was, see, he went through the cross. He was offered that too. All he had to say, okay, I am not the son of God. Come, I am not the son of God. Okay, I am sorry. I didn't mean it that way when you said, I will destroy the temple, rebuild it, this is, that's okay. All he had to was, that is what he's talking about. Father, take this cup away. The father said, no, that's my will for you. I said, fine. Three times I prayed. Three times the father said, I'll go through it. So he also was offered a chance right in the beginning of his ministry in the wilderness. Bow down and worship. You don't have to go through this. At the end of his ministry, just stop, refuse to drink from that cup. Beginning and end. Both times he said, no. My father's will. So he showed us the way. That's what the Bible says. He has shown us a way. A way. Yeah. Sometimes we get what we say, like 11.35 says, sometimes we win. That's also by faith. Sometimes we lose. But that also should be by faith. Okay, Because ultimately, both are in the natural, temporal. The one who got the dead back, that will die. And those who did not, and they died, that also died. Because death is fixed for everybody. The question is not whether you will die or not. The question is, how will you die? How will you die? Will you die in faith? Or will you die by denying your faith? It's a simple question. Confessing Christ or denying Christ? That's a simple Everybody will die. Okay. One way or other, everybody will die. But the question is, how will we die is the question. Yes, Pastor Vijay. 
So be strong. Don't crumble. Don't quit. Pastor, another question on prayer again. This is question number 10 <clears throat> uh, on on Jabez, uh, the type of... Uh, what did Jabez do to ra- rise above the rest? Why did God answer his prayer? I wondered for that... Uh, I wondered... For that matter, why did God even include Jabez's, Jabez's mini-profile in the Bible? Okay, let's go to Jabez, uh, that record in Chronicles. Yeah. Was Chronicles chapter 5. Let us have it over there. So Jabez became a mantra. And uh, uh, four, 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 yeah. Not just ten. Just don't go that. Go to uh, before that, so that we will know. Okay. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called him Jabez saying because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called, called on the God of Israel saying oh that you would bless me indeed and enlarge in my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So the Lord granted him what he requested. Now basically the name means pain. Meaning you are cursed at birth. It's not like us in the Hebrew system. Your name determines your destiny. Mm. Okay. He looks at his name and he says, his father, his mother has, his mother has called him name and the father has agreed with it. In Benjamin's case, father did not agree with it. Mother mm. called him Benoni, son of my sorrow. Father changed it and said, son of my right hand. So the destiny was split between the mother and the father. So first Saul, first Benjaminite famous is King Saul becomes a son of sorrow. The second Benjaminite famous Apostle Paul, Saul, becomes a man, God's strength of his right hand. Split, because the names have meaning. And it defines your destiny. So here is a young man, mm. and he has been named Pain. But first thing that is mentioned over there, he was more honorable than his brothers. Okay, Though his mother had called him his name, name, he, his, he did not allow first his name to determine his behavior. Okay, you all call me name, pain. I'm going to be a real pain in your sight. I am going to prove my name is true. He didn't. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. Actually, if you look at his brothers, his mother says, I don't know why I named you pain. I should have called them all pain. They give me more pain than you. (laughs) So he was more honorable than his brothers. That's what the first thing. But he didn't stop there. Okay, now you can... You can, by your own personal behavior, create an atmosphere in your home that you bring joy and peace to the rest of the family. Yeah. But you cannot change your destiny unless God intervenes. Because yeah. you're still being cursed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does he say? He prays. Look at verse 10. Now he goes to God. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that. This is this is a fundamental principle in, in the kingdom of God. There are principles like somebody dies or going through the death experience, somebody from earth has to call him back. Usually has to call him back. The widow's son dies, Elijah calls him back. The other Shunammite widow's son dies, Elisha calls him back. Lazarus dies, Jesus mm-hmm. calls him back. Dorcas dies, Peter calls him. That's the principle. Okay, in the same way. Once you have been cursed by somebody, knowingly or unknowingly, a curse has happened, let us say, curse has happened. That curse can be broken only by that person or somebody higher. Cannot be broken by somebody lower. That's a nature. Mm. So Japheth has been cursed by his parents. 
Where do you go above that? Mm. Only God can break it. Peter denied Jesus thrice. And it is there, he denied. Only Christ can restore him. Mm. So Christ has to ask him three times. You denied me three times. So let me hear your confession. Do you love me more than all this? Jacob has deceived Isaac. Though he had received a blessing, it is actually a curse. Mm. It's a curse in the blessing. Because the father blessed Jacob, thinking he was Esau. Thinking he was Esau. Now, you don't want, you want Jacob's blessings, but your profile is Esau. And there's something about Esau. Esau I have hated. You don't want to remain as Esau all your life. The problem is who breaks the curse? Your mother is gone. Your father is gone. Cuckoo. Who, how are you going to break the curse? So God is Okay. There's only one who can break the curse is God. So God wrestles with him. The Bible doesn't say Jacob wrestled mm. with God. God comes upon and wrestles with him because God wants to break the curse over his life because he is the man of destiny. Mm. He's the man of, he's the one who will become Israel. God wrestles with him. And then finally when day is breaking and Jacob is so desperate, refused to let go, he says, let me, he says, unless you bless me, I will not let go of you. So he says, I have come to bless you. The thing is then, what is your name? Mm. What is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. The curse has to be broken. First, do you love me more than all of this? Why do you ask me? Because you said, I do not know him. Mm. Can you say you do not know him? Right? You told her you don't know him. So now open that same mouth, same tongue and change your confession. What did you say? You don't know him. Now I am asking, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I know. What is your name? My name is Jacob. Good, because 20 years ago you stood before your father and said, I am Esau. Mm. Same mouth, same tongue, another figure of authority, you told him your name is Esau. Now, somebody higher, tell me what is your name. I am not Esau, I am Jacob. Good. Now they had put a wrong right. Let me bless you. You shall no longer be Jacob. You shall be Israel. Prince with God, prince with man. His destiny is being changed. Though he was chosen from his mother's womb, he cannot become something God has destined until the curse is broken. And that's why he's crying. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, God granted him what he requested. Now, we do not know how it happened. Because certain things are not mentioned. Certain things are not mentioned. I'm not saying that how he was blessed and all. But probably, let me see it as an assuming, okay, a presumption. I can have the benefit or you don't like it, you can throw it away. Probably a prophet was walking that way one day and he looked at Jabez and thus says the Lord, I bless you. And the curse is broken because God uses a man to break it. Okay, this could have probably happened. You never know. Or somebody in that town, suddenly the Spirit of God comes as a prophetic this thing and tells Jabez, you are well blessed. You will, this, and the curse is broken. That's how it works. That is how it works. So Jabez prayer has become a prayer, but sometimes people just use it as a mantra Mantra. without even understanding what it means, the spiritual ramification, what needs to be done, and all those things they forget and they take it and write it and keep on repeating it. You know, that becomes a pagan. Okay, we are paganizing Christianity. That's not how it works. We have to understand how it works. That anything that has happened. But today, it is not Jabez prayer. Today is Ephesians 1.3. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 1.3 is 
the new covenant. These are old covenant principles. Okay, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in, in Christ. Christ. You know what? Today you don't have to do anything. Just stay in Christ. That is what Hebrews 4 is talking about. Labor every day to enter into that rest. How do you know you have entered into this rest? You are in Christ. Tension is over. In the word situation, your tension is over once you have entered into Christ. And you are in the heavenly places. And you are blessed. Because physical blessings don't mean anything anymore in the new covenant. Yes. Because you are looking forward to that new one. Israel is a different thing. They have been given material blessings and a physical land. But in new covenant is everything spiritual. We are looking to a coming kingdom. So what we need is rest. And the blessings are in Christ. Blessings are in Christ. And we have to, the Bible says you have to labor every day. Labor. And that labor is early morning. When you wake up, the first thing in the morning is to fight that depression that comes, the discouragement that comes. Because the devil is trying to, if he can mess you up in the morning, he can mess you up the rest of the day. That is why early morning your worship fight. matters. Fight. Your worship fight. and your prayer matters in the morning. You worship. Even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, you worship, you pray, you study the word, you encourage yourself like David did. You do it and you go through the day. You have entered into his rest. rest. But what happens is that through the day when the bad news comes in and all this pressure comes in, you know what, because you entered into his rest in the morning, that becomes your default setting. Mm. You're always there. So even when this pressure comes, you go back and you know he's in control. He's in control. One thing I keep hearing in my spirit is don't play God. Why? Don't play God. Okay, that 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 is not just talking about trying to solve people's problems. It's not even talking about that. No. Don't even take his burden in your heart. You cannot handle it. Mm. You cannot even handle his burden. So don't play God. Do what you have to do. Be at rest. He's in control. Because if we are not at rest, we will not be able to make coherent decisions in the other things that are needed. So we have to be stable always. Sober-minded. Sober-minded come only when we realize in your heart, your heart, you know God is sovereign, God is in control. He's mm-hmm. just not sovereign. He's always. That's what Jesus is talking. Not even a hair. When these things are happening, fathers are killing children. Children are killing fathers. You are beaten and broken and raped and traumatized. You know what? Your father is in absolute control. And when you are being beaten, one hair falls, he knows that too. Oh. His eyes are not off you. And he has not lost control at all. He is right there on the throne watching every detail. And he knows by the time you are beaten up how many hairs fell from your head. He knows that detail too. That is where our strength comes from. My father is in absolute control. Absolute control. And you have to, this is how scripture gives us courage. It gives, that's what the Bible says, you know, Romans 15, 5. Yeah. By the, by the patience of God. Yeah, that's why, that's yes, why scripture, scripture, scripture is literally like Paul told Timothy 4, you know, it is God breathed. No, God breathed. That's the, that's a term, no? Yes. Whatever things were written before were written for our mm-hmm. learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of scripture might have what? Hope. Hope. And the other version that scripture is God breathed, that Those is. 3.16, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3.16, okay. 
All scripture is given by uh, God yeah. breathed. Yeah. Right. All scripture is what? God breathed. God breathed. Okay. And what is the first thing Jesus did when he rose from the dead? He, breathed, he, he breathed, breathed upon them. Do you know the scripture is God breathed? Mm. That if you believe it and you actually partake of it in the morning, it is the breath of God that is coming into you, which can. You know what uh, Ezekiel was asked to prophesy? He says, prophesize. And the breath came and a great army stood up. In the midst, in the valley of desolation, valley of bones, the bones stood up as a mighty army. That's exactly what scripture. You are desolate inside, you are depressed inside, you are traumatized inside. When you receive scripture as God breathed in, you rise up inside like a mighty army, my like a mighty. That has the power. Scripture has that power. And you have to believe. Mm. When you read your scripture, you have to believe mm. God is breathing Hallelujah. into me. Hallelujah. That's how he started. That's why man is different. Mm. The Bible says God breathed into mm-hmm. Adam and Adam became a living soul. soul. And he still breathes. Every day he breathes into us. How does he breathe into us? Through his word. When you do your meditations and your word, you have to read it that way. He says First Corinthians chapter fifteen. He says that the last Adam was giving was a life giving spirit. spirit. He saw you through his word. He gives his life. That's why he says, "I sent forth my word." Mm. Okay, and healed you. That's Mm. Psalm one hundred and seven and verse twenty. The word will not go void. It will achieve the Mm. purpose. We literally breathe in the words of God. Okay. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Destruction. Okay. It's literally have to take it like that. It is, it is, it is spirit. It is spiritual. And ultimately man is spiritual. The born again man is spiritual, and that's how you have to take Pastor, it. One yeah. comment, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah of course. So, <laughs> so the thing is, if you see that when when Jesus says, uh, "The not even a single hair of your," um, sorry, it'll be numbered. All of, all of your hair is numbered. Now that is a person. He's talking about the person who's going through this through this trial. Now, if that is the detail in which he's looking at a person who's going through tri- trial, what is the is the ultimate judgment of the guy who's inflicting trial? What is he? Going to that's really right. face. That's I mean, that right. is something which I, I yeah. really sometimes. That's that that all yeah. detail. That detail is also there in the Bible. Go to Revelation chapter twenty, mm-hmm. twenty, mm-hmm. and verse eleven onwards. Twenty eleven onwards. Eleven twelve. Is enough. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, on whose face this is the judgment actually of the wicked. Mm. And it is not a comfortable scene. Mm-hmm. Therefore, even earth and heaven fled away, and mm-hmm. there was no found no place for them, mm-hmm. because the wrath of God is going to be displayed now. And this is Christ. Okay, the dead were judged. Okay, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. First, you look in the book of life. Anybody's name here? No. Come here. Name there? No. And books are written. Every detail of their wickedness is written. Wow. That's the point. According to their works. Every detail is written. And they are given their eternal judgment according to that forever and ever. Is not the same even for the wicked. Sometimes you'll see. I will. I will. I will, I will prove mm-hmm. to you. Prove to you okay, that it is not from. Beaten many stripes and few stripes. 
yeah that is one mm. that is one that is one that is one there's another one okay uh when he talks about the judgment of betsheda korazin and all mm, he says on that day it will be better for them it is not the same judgment is not the same for the wicked even there it will differ it will differ so in the same way over here he says basically when he says the hair on your head is numbered you know what it means we'll say what difference does it make you know what difference does it make basically that's not what he is saying yeah. every affliction you have gone through for the sake of god his kingdom and his righteousness is being written for your rewards nothing will be forgotten on that day god will be no man's debtor <laughs> no god will be no man's debtor every trauma you have gone through every pain you have gone through every trial you have gone through for his name's sake is being recorded and when that day judgment takes place you will realize wow that's why the bible says you will give us more than we can think or even ask or imagine with every deed for punishment and for rewards every detail is written nothing you look at it the bible says hebrews chapter 4 16 and 17 right Ah, no, not 16. Sorry, 12 and 13. Not 16. Word of God is... Yeah. The Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, joints narrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Okay? And there is no creature hidden from his sight. All things are naked, naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must, must give account. Nothing. Nothing is hidden. every the detail he knows only god can handle that nobody else that's that is that is who he is no supercomputer can match that every detail is there and you will be rewarded accordingly or lose your rewards accordingly or punished accordingly that's how it happens so hang in there don't quit endure was the question uh, from a young one uh, little one yeah little one little this question number 11 uh, sorry 13 sorry 13 uh, my name is i am 11 years old i hear your messages and your question, uh, q and a sessions i live in such and such a place grew up in the mountains my parents are missionaries i was asked to help young uh, young adults and support them on a te- television program i fasted and prayed and asked god should i do it and the lord said no okay Psalm 101 and verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. The TV is a demonic is a demonic entertainment. I am not allowed to use the phone, the iPad or the computer. My parents are very very tough, but I have no regrets. Yes, I am 11, but I never had something so I cannot miss it. Each time we go to church, we see kids of my age with a phone and iPad. We look at our mom and say we do not want that gadget. But I ask my parents, when can we have our own Both said you work and pray and ask God if you need it. We are homeschooled with Abeka. My parents do not allow us online. My mom teaches us without a laptop or computer. But my question to you is, is it wrong to want a phone sometimes? Is it wrong to want an iPad at my age? Okay. Now let me tell you, child, you're 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Now all things are neutral. Mm-hmm. This phone is a neutral thing. Can be good or bad. 
depends upon in whose hand it is. But what your parents are doing is that you are only 11 years old. The first thing a child has to be taught, go to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Love children asking questions. Okay. First thing you need faith. Without faith there is no point. You get saved. Also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith what? Watch. Okay. It's not knowledge. iPhone gives you knowledge. iPad gives you knowledge. Television gives you knowledge. Books give you knowledge. All these things give you knowledge. But you have knowledge without virtue. Mm. Knowledge will destroy you. So first thing you instill in children is virtue. Mm. The knowledge of what is good and what is not right. They need virtue first, not knowledge. They need virtue first. Because they do not have what we call the capacity to handle stuff. So when you, your parents are not telling, like the child said, do not set a thing, an evil thing. That does not mean TV is evil. The programs in TV are evil. There are programs in TV which are good. But the issue, your mother, parents are very wise. They want you for an Ian adults program. But the problem is you come on TV. The question is, can you handle it after that, the attention that comes to you? And your parents said no. And God said no. You can't handle it. You look at how many childhood movie celebrities have walked well with God yeah. after that. I can't remember anybody. Nobody. Nobody. They got destroyed. They got destroyed. So your parents are protecting. Protecting. Okay. And the same thing. That's why we are very, we have to be careful with children with, with gadgets. Gadgets. Because gadgets are neutral. So it's not that they cannot have gadgets, but the gadgets have to be supervised. But does 11 year old, the parents are pretty smart because, uh, you realize what's happening today. You realize what is happening today. You look at what's happening today. The enemy is indoctrinating a generation through this media. Media has been taken over. There is no information anymore. It is misinformation. Nothing. It's gone. So we have to protect our children. They need knowledge, but not knowledge before virtue. Virtue comes before knowledge. And when you have knowledge, look at the order. Once you get knowledge, add to knowledge. Be diligent to add to knowledge what? Self-control. 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 Because if they don't have self-control, then it will destroy them. Knowledge will destroy them. They need virtue. Because virtue will will give you the ability to choose knowledge. Not just handle, even choose knowledge. Because knowledge, there is knowledge of good and evil. Be excellent excellent in what is good and and be innocent of what is evil. Mm -hmm. So when you have only virtue, only virtue, I remember this uh, pastor, I forgot his name, dead and gone, old, ancient, great ones, brought up by a single mother. And a mother used to teach him Every day to repeat when he was growing up 10, 15, 20 times. Okay, this is of course coffee, tea. Alcohol is bad. Water is good. Alcohol is bad. Water is good. Alcohol is bad. Water is good. I will never drink alcohol. This is continuously she taught him. Okay. Though he didn't understand what alcohol or what it is, just get into your head. And therefore, you know what happened? 
he never when he grew up tested because it was instilled to him this is evil okay okay but tough mothers tough mothers okay tough mothers okay tough mothers and he he actually writes about his experience he says he was 17 years old or something and it was his prom day in school yeah, and it's the first time 15 or 16 or whatever it age it was and he and his friends for the first time he was allowed to go out in this thing and then suddenly he realized they had wine in the back so they started opening the bottles and drinking and gave it to him and he said stop the car they said you are a wuss he said no stop the car i'm getting out stop the car and he, they laughed at him mocked him he opened the door he got up and he walked all the way home when he walked the home he didn't want to knock on the door he thought he will stay quietly get in without upsetting his mother but even he opened the kitchen door and got in he heard his mother on her knees praying saying my son has gone out for the first time on his own let him not fall alone and she was weeping and crying out and he didn't realize it was this that caused him all that she had taught him backed with we shall give ourselves continuously to the word and to prayer that and he became one of those mightiest men of god in his generation brought in tens and thousands of young people into the kingdom so we need to realize there is you know tanias in this case your parents are wise they're not smart i use the wrong word smart people are in the world wise people are in the kingdom your mother is your parents are very very wise you don't need this you don't need i'm not saying parents the gadget is in itself is bad but the problem is these gadgets you see when you read a book the book doesn't open many portals mm-hmm. the problem with this yes, is not opens many portals it opens so many things even if it is harmless it eats your time Fine. it eats your time news eats your time it eats your time okay i mean how much do news do we need much news to be needed and it eats people who do not use it for evil but use it for good and waste time you know and it waste we don't have, like i said in the morning we don't have time okay my spirit shall not contend with man forever that means we all are running out of time and in this last days he said he will shorten the days that means the people in the last days have less time than every other generation yes, yes. that is the truth yes that's true. meaning he says i will not give a long life span another thing is that i will not give a long life span if you real look at it people are dying young people are not living long they are dying young okay the heart shall fail because of fear all kind of diseases if disease doesn't kill you vaccine will the cure will kill you one way or other they will kill you okay okay i read it okay okay simple okay. and god will god will allow it too he will say because he says if not even the very elect will not survive now think about it this is this is statements which jesus makes which we let can we have that on matthew 24 or yeah, luke right? elect, yeah yeah just think why would jesus say something like that because it doesn't make sense right for the elect say those days will be shortened okay no is that what you're saying yeah oh yeah that one and the words just before that too got it yeah it's 21 matthew 24 21 onwards yeah yeah that is one for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time no 
nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. shortened. Otherwise, even the elect will be possible. Okay, yeah. That, what does that actually mean? Otherwise, even the elect will follow. Mm-hmm. Verse 23. Verse 23. And 24. 23. Uh, okay. Thing is that, okay, if you look at it, even the elect themselves wouldn't survive if he does it. So what is he talking about? He's not talking about torture. We haven't invented machines of torture like they had in the Middle Ages. They were specialists. They could put you on a rack and slowly turn it until every bone in your body broke little by little. You, they could put, they could skin you alive, literally skin you alive and keep you alive. Skin you and keep you alive. That's the way. And people came, died without uh, recanting, without denying Jesus. They have come through it all. So torment and torture has been going on for centuries, the wickedness of man. So what is God talking about here? What is God? Something is going to happen in the last days. Like in the days of, ask this question, why is that a man could build an ark for 100 100 years, 120 years, preach for 120 years and no one gets saved? What happened? Because the DNA changed. Because something changed. The Mm. DNA changed. That's what I believe. The DNA changed. Mm. Absolutely. The DNA changed. Why is that Sodom and Gomorrah had become so wicked? Mm. Something is walking over there. What is happening in this last days? There is a change of DNA. I'm telling you, watch if our generation, Jesus, doesn't come. Watch. Hybrids will come out. Because they are already made Dolly the sheep, right? You will see. Hybrids will come out. Humans with big heads. All these things they will try. They will bring out. And this this whole fight of Peter and people will fight, say, let them live among us. You will see all kind of weird things happening on earth. Things will happen. Ultimately, it will all break down. And if God doesn't shut it down, what happens? Even the elect seed will get mixed. Noah, his sons, and his their wives, they were safe. The rest of the family also got corrupted. Gone. So they were not in the ark. They got corrupted. So that's what we are talking about. Something weird is happening all around the earth. And some of the things that are happening and the people are perpetuating it. Honestly, let me tell you. I don't believe they are human completely because there's something which is called transhumanism that is taking place. It is taking place. All kind of research is taking because man wants to beat death mm. without God. And I believe he, they will. I believe they will, but not the way God intended it because the Bible says when tribulation begins, God's wrath begins, men wanted to Bible. die and they could not. They will not be able to die. They broke that barrier also. God wants, says, you want that? You will wish you were dead. But you cannot die. I will grant you that desire also. Isn't there? Mm. In the book of Revelation? Yes. Yep. They will want to die. But they cannot die. The rocks fall upon us. <laughs> they cannot die. Because I believe they crossed that line too and God gave them it. Okay, you want to die? You know, it also says that they, having seen all this, they still did not mm-hmm. repent. That they were not, <laughs> because they cannot not repent. repent. Repentance is granted to humans. Mm. Angels can't repent. Mm. 
Transhumans cannot repent. Demonic mixtures, hybrids cannot repent. They cannot repent. Only humans can repent. And that also, God has to give them repentance. Not that all humans repent, even they cannot. So all kind of weird stuff is happening over there. Real, really weird stuff is happening over there. We do not know. We look at it and look at what way science is going. And stuff that is happening, we know it is demonic. When it is demonic and it's happened, all we can do is pray. Use our spiritual weapons. God is the only one who can destroy them. So we are moving into those days. But little Tanya, be smart. Mm. Stay off all that. You don't need it. Because you open that thing in. Okay? And I'm not saying it's forever. But until you come of age. Yes. In the Bible, if you look at um, the men in the Bible, uh, we see by the time they were, like in Daniel's case, Joseph's case, how old was he? He was 18 years 18 old. Years, yeah? Yeah. 18 years old. So you see by the time he was 18 years old, he's able to withstand. He has faith, he has virtue, and he has self-control. He's able to withstand the Egyptian palace and all its attractions. You look at Daniel, he's being offered the best of Babylon. You can have what you want. He's able to withstand because he has faith, virtue, and self-control. So we need to realize you also can. Grow the way your parents are bringing you. Be strong. You know, stay away. Add to faith. Give due diligence. Okay, let's go to Second um, Peter chapter 1, 5 onwards. Let us read 5 onwards. There's something which God has, meaning... You have to keep adding, okay? Also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance. Don't quit. Persevere. Keep on. To perseverance godliness. To godliness brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness love. That is what locks it up. For if these things are yours, not enough, and keep on abounding in these things, you will be neither barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning, you can have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be unfruitful. That's what I was trying to tell. Is your faith active? Word gives doctrine. Faith brings action. Okay, word is good. Lot had doctrine, but he had no faith. He had doctrine. He was a righteous man. The Bible says he's a righteous man, but he had no faith. No, Abraham had doctrine. And faith. We need faith. Faith is what? It's like breaking the sound barrier. Faith is what breaks the sound barrier. And ultimately we'll be judged for our faith. So you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep adding these things. Come down. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin, meaning he never grew. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Why? How do you make your election call and election? By keeping adding these things to your faith. Keep on adding, keep on adding, keep on adding. Work on it, work on it, work on it. Allow God to add this into your lives. For if you do these things, look at this, you will never stumble. Tribulation can come, trauma can come. You will not stumble when you are assaulted, when you are traumatized, when you are persecuted, you will not stumble. Verse 11. For so, an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you die, you will have this grand entrance in the kingdom of God because you come in as an overcomer. Mm -hmm. So little Tanya, 
your parents are wise they are not smart mm-hmm. that's a worldly term they are smart maybe but they are wise we need wisdom not there are too many smart people and too many smart cards around <laughs> no wise parents are wise that's the way to go yes pastor vijay so we want to take one more question one more question, question five minutes question number 11 and then i think today's quarter will be done yeah. you can you can boil uh, it says in question number 11 uh you can boil all the teachings of scripture down to two areas love for god and love for people but god says something else is important here of is, is of importance here love for god is love for god is foundational to everything else if we do not love god above all else you will not be able to love your neighbor as yourself any lack of love for your neighbor in word or deed reflects some deficiency in your love for god This is why James says that human conflict is rooted in spiritual adultery. Would you agree with this? Would you also explain it a little more to our young adults in our home here? It's a huge doctrinal answer. Mm. Okay. But the the core answer is there in the question itself. Okay. Ultimately the only constant in your life is God. the only person who is eternal in your life is god second when he talks about the only love that is eternal and genuine is the love of god mm. not the love for, for god, god the love, the of, love god. of god Amen. we need the love of god before we before we can love god mm. okay second the third thing you need to look at that everything in this world is transitory it's temporal because conflicts come between human beings because of temporal things name fame things pleasure whatever all these things that's where conflicts come you need to realize all these things are temporal so first you need to love god and to love the things which are eternal only when you do that you will want that same things for your neighbor another thing you need to understand in heaven is there's enough space for everybody enough for everybody mm-hmm. you don't have to compete yes <laughs> earth is messed up right from the first two brothers competing competition <laughs> and in heaven there is no competition mm-hmm. it's not only competition it is so what you call large heartedness of god yes, you yes. The, the, the worst church of the lord lavadish of the seven wow. churches you overcome oh, as i overcome you can sit i have no issue you can sit and through through with me be part of that <laughs> So there is no issue there at all okay <laughs> this is what we are talking about okay because because the problem is it's very difficult to preach on love to a generation for whom love is feelings yeah. love is feelings and emotions it is not that love is a set of things you do and you don't do mm-hmm. okay yeah. let us let us finish mm-hmm. with that first corinthians chapter 13 bah. four onwards yeah, love does mm-hmm. and love does not Mm-hmm. Does we preach the entire series? Okay, mm-hmm. you could l- make your young adults listen to years back. Mm-hmm. We preach an entire mm-hmm. spirit. Love suffers long, so it does something. What does it do? It suffers, and is kind. Why is it suffering? In the act of being kind to somebody who is unkind. Mm-hmm. Somebody is being unkind to you, but you cannot be unkind because you love God, and you realize. And why are you being? kind and suffering because you know that's exactly what god did with you yes. he suffered your junk i wanted to use the word crap but it's true <laughs> okay <laughs> he suffered your junk still does and is still kind 
So therefore, you have understood the love of God and have the love of God. And therefore, with your neighbor, whoever it is, you suffer long and ease kind. Love does not envy. There's no room for a need for envy. Because your father loves you all the same way. Mm. He's not Jacob. <laughs> okay, Son of my old age, let him give me a coat with different colors. No, your father <laughs> loves you all the same way. Okay. It is not the same. Love does not parade itself. Yes. It does not yeah. parade it does, itself. It does not cause others yeah, to others, yeah. <laughs> It is not puffed up. Yeah, it is not puffed up. Does not. Look at does, does not. Does, does not. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. So love is an entire set of action. It's not feeling. Okay. <laughs> does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices does also rejoices in the truth mm. it bears yes. all things believes all things not gossip and slander okay that's mm. not what it means <laughs> believes all things good about you hopes all things endures all things love and eight beginning fails. says love mm. never fails which love does not fail this love, love does not god. fail this mm. is the love of god you want to understand the love of god paul will use in another letter the depth the height the breadth I mean, he goes gaga over the love mm-hmm. of God. But you want to understand? This is what love it is. Mm-hmm. Meditate on this word. This is what love it is. Once we understand this is love, and this is how God loves you, and this is the love of God for you, and you only have this love, you'll be able to love your neighbor. But you have to practice this. It's not feelings. You have to write it down and go through it, each one, and say, Lord, convict me when I am wrong in this part of love. Wow. Convict me, Lord, that I do not become that. Teach me. Because all these things have to be taught. Yes. yes. Everything. You know the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in um, in Titus. I'll give yeah, you last yeah, words for yeah. today. People think, everybody thinks, oh, of course I watched so much romantic movies and read all the Mills and Boone and Bar- mm-hmm. what is that? Barbara Cartland, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, uh, young women should be taught mm-hmm. to love, yes. to love, to love wow. their husbands. Yeah. Yes. No, no, that's not the one. It's just uh, two, one. Two, one, two, one, two, one. Two. Two. Not one. Uh, Titus 2 1, Pastor. It's, uh, is it there? It's there. Yeah. It is in 2. Um, verse 4. Verse 4. They admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love okay, their children. Women have to be taught. Older women have to teach younger women how to love their husbands and how to love their children. Mm-hmm. The same way men do. <laughs> yeah. Don't say, oh, older women have to be taught. Hallelujah, Lord. I don't have to learn. No, men have to be taught how to love their wives mm-hmm. and how to love their children. This has to be taught because the love which we have after the fallen state is not really love. It is not love. It is not. It is primarily eros. Yes. It is primarily fleshly in yes, nature, not yes. sexual in nature, yes, fleshly yes, in yes, nature, yes. very fleshly. Indulgent, yes. Okay? Very intelligent. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's why if you look at all the advertisements, do you find anything that is not good looking put over there? Nothing. Because it's fleshly. Mm-hmm. And it gets permeates into our mind and our system and we love only things that look good. And it's very fleshly. But in God's eyes, we all look ugly. The sin has marred us, but he loves us. He loves us in spite of it. So we all have to be taught to love. And it's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It is action. It is action. When it, the action starts becoming real, the feeling comes. Then the feeling is real. The way the feeling is not real. Feeling is false. Like I said, feelings are emotions are good, but they are souls. The action of love is there and the emotion of love is there, but the action goes first and the action has to be consistent. Then you can say, 
He is a loving person. She is a loving person. And that's about Jesus. Because whenever he saw the people, he had compassion on them. Because his love was genuine. Always. You would never see him without compassion. Whenever he sees them, he's compassionate. Because that is a facet of love. And it is genuine. It's consistent with him. So you can say Jesus was a very loving person. And even on the cross, he's compassionate for his torturers. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. If they knew what they were, where, what this action would entail if they don't repent. You know, Father, I feel sorry for them. It's compassion because his love is consistent. You can't love once and twice and say, I'm a very loving person. No. That is emotion. You have to be consistent in these things. Absolutely consistent in these things. And when consistency comes, you know. So all these things have to be taught. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll close. And yeah, then Martin. after that, we'll go into the next session. Mm-hmm. We got an online wedding coming. Mm-hmm. And the 15, 20 minutes, yeah, now from here. And uh, I shall get ready for that. I think I have to change my costume for a wedding. Because <laughs> it's a wedding. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. Zoom and YouTube, we shall have it. You can watch on YouTube and Zoom. Okay, so we'll pray. Yes, Pastor Vijay, will you pray? Yeah. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. We just want to thank you for teaching us, even through this platform of Q&A, Lord. We just want to thank you, Lord, that you said, Lord, you said it is the meek you will teach your ways. It is the meek that you will guide in your paths. And I pray, Father, that each and every one of us will, Father, receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our souls and that, Lord, that we will not despise the word, even if it is tough for us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would grant us the grace to be able to receive the word and uh, receive correction, receive admonition, Lord, and change our past. Because, Lord, it is not for temporal gains that we are running for, Lord. It is the eternal gains that you have, that you are interested in in our lives, Lord. And I pray, I pray Father, for that, for that, that kind of an attitude for each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you once again, Father, for this time that you have blessed us with. And I pray, Father, that even as we uh, go from this place. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to be with us. Let, let us go back home in, the, in an attitude of worship. And I pray, Father, for the coming and the, for the next session. I pray, Father, that you would be with Pastor and everyone who's joining. I pray, Lord Jesus, your anointing would rest over your servant and that, Lord, we will all have a blessed time together. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.